Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahl Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. Nikaq de Masnu, Dukhe Dil Ka Marham. Nikaq de Masnu, Dukhe Dil Ka Marham. Ye Farma Gaye. Hai Rasool-e-Mukarram, ye farma gaye Hai Rasool-e-Mukarram Ye shadi hai beshak, muhabbat ka zina Ye shadi hai beshak, muhabbat ka zina Baharon ki aamad, sabaka tarannum Baharon ki aamad, sabaka tarannum نکاق دے مسنو دکھے دل کا مرہم یہ فرما گئے ہیں رسول مکرم سیون منٹس آفٹر ایلیون سینٹرل افریکن ٹائم السلام علیکم ورحمت اللہ وبرکاتہ Ahalan wa sahalan wa marhaban bikum. It's a beautiful, mashallah, uh, Wednesday morning on our program, The Bliss of Marriage. Haji Suleiman is uh, my engineer this uh, morning. He will be with me from now till 12 o'clock. Uh, insha'Allah. Yes, from now till 12 o'clock. Remember, my beloved listeners of uh, Sirius FM, Haji Faisal Asmal and Hafiz Yusuf Asmal and Company, we welcome you uh, into the program. And of course, uh, our beloved listeners of uh, Merkaz Sahaba, uh, the voice of, of Ahlu Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. Yes, uh, remember 084786 uh, That's our WhatsApp number 084-786-3132. International overseas listeners, plus 2784-786-3132. Uh, let's welcome, of course, our beloved, honorable, respected Fadila Tulustad, Hazrat Mulana Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein, Hafizahullah, on this beautiful Wednesday morning, Yawmul Arbi'a, on our program, The Bliss of Marriage. Ustad, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, Ustad. Alaykum as-salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Barakallahu feekum wa na'rafat. Zakallahu khairan. Ustad, somebody wants to know that, say if I doubt my husband's income as being halal. It's anonymous sister. She wants to know, can I eat separate food? Ustad, anonymous sister. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasoolihi al-kareem. Amma ba'd, all praise due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of the universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Before I respond to that query, let me tell you one interesting anecdote what happened yesterday. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, we reached the airport yesterday at around 1.30, and then we read our Zohar Salat there. Myself, I'm the Imam and the wife behind me. And thereafter, I said, let me go now to the bathroom, and then I will get ready to go on the flight. So when I went there, I saw some Arab brothers, and they all were looking very, very worried and concerned. So I went to them and spoke to them, and I asked them, how many of you? They said six. I said, anybody speaks English? They said, no. I said, okay, we speak Arabic. I got no problem with that. But what is your problem? They said, no, our problem is this, that we came from our country, and we came here, and our connecting flight is to Zambia, to Lusaka, you know. So our luggage is gone there, but we missed the flight. And so now we don't know what to do. So I asked them, do you know anybody here in South Africa? Mm -hmm. So they said they know Bashir. So I realized that they meant Bashir by, of the Tablik Jamaat, he's a senior, senior member there in Cape Town. So I said, okay, let's leave Bashir by out. He's very old and so forth and sickly. Allah give him Shifa. I will speak to Ibnul Bashir, the son of Bashir. So I spoke to Maulana Ilyas. I contacted him and told him that his brothers are here, and I'm there, don't know them, and I'm just helping them out. But you are there, you know all the context. 
So contact the Merkers here in Johannesburg and tell them to send a car. And at least then these brothers can go to the Merkers because they don't know when to get the next flight, the next day or today or tomorrow. They were telling me, Yeoman or Yeoman and so forth. So all that happened. So anyway, then when I came here to Durban yesterday, so Mauna Elias, that is Ibn al-Bashir Bai, he said, no, everything sorted out, and they did the Merkers. So why I mentioned this, that here the wife has got, you understand, doubt. So here these brothers, they had no doubt. What they were doing, most of them were reading Salat. Some of them were making Talim. Some of them were busy with Dua and so forth. But you could see that they're very, very concerned and worried, you know. So Alhamdulillah, it all ended well, and all Matilla take them safely. So these are Arab brothers, must remember, came in Tablik and Jamaat. So Allah accept all their, mashallah, efforts and so forth. Let's come to your issue, sister. Here there are three issues. You know what is the income of your husband. So if majority of the income is halal, then the jurists and fuqaha of Islam have written, walil aktari hukmul kul. Then we will say that for you to eat there or for him to give money to the masjid, madrasa, and so forth. So all that would be permissible. If you know, second scenario, that majority of the income is haram, then remember for you to partake of his food and what have you, so all that will be haram and not permissible. And third one, if it is exactly 50-50, so in that case, then it is very, very doubtful, then the hadith comes there, the hadith in Tirmidhi Sharif, Leave that which, which puts you into doubt and places you into doubt and opt for that in which there is no doubt. This is the authentic hadith in Tirmidhi Sharif. So my advice to you is that you should have a heart-to-heart talk with your husband and when he's in a good mood and you are alone, not in front of the children, and tell him it is a chain reaction. If our income is halal, then we will consume halal, and then that will motivate, inspire us to do the righteous actions and deeds. Quran says, you consume that which is pure and wholesome, then you'll be motivated towards righteous deeds. And the converse also will apply. And that is, you must remember, if the income is haram or is tainted, polluted, or you must remember that is hiding and doing unda tandas and unsavory activities and so forth, then what you're going to consume also will be tainted, polluted, or haram, and then to do good deeds will become lethargic, you become lazy, you don't feel like doing it. But when it comes to the vices and the sins, then they're in the first row, in the first surf. So I would not advise you that you stop eating with, from, with him and so forth unless you have 100% concrete evidence that his major income is haram, then it's a different issue. Hmm. Ustad, I've got a, a, a sister from uh, Hawik, and she says that uh, please tell Mufti Saab that the new Islamic law is in. So can I as a wife travel alone for Umrah? The new Islamic law, Ustad. Remember, in Islam, there's only one law, and that law is of Quran Sharif. That law is of Sunnah Mubarakah, the law of Sahaba, where they reach, you must remember, ijma and consensus, and expounded, elaborated on by the jurors and the fuqaha. What is our season now? So today is the 7th of Muharram, 1445 in Makkah Mukarramah, Madina Munawwara, it is the 8th of Muharram, and on Friday will be the Ashura. How the time has come in the Zamana Qadistadara Alayhi Atihi, that in time of Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu ta'ala anuwarda, Sibtu Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi sallam, the beloved grandson of Mustafa sallallahu alayhi it was the year 61, it was Ashura on a Friday, the 10th of Muharram, and it was, you must remember, Maidane Tufuf, and the place is Karbala in Iraq, so I've been there with Allah's help. 
myself, my wife, and so forth. So the point I'm making is, so majority countries, Ashura will be on Friday, and yay in South Africa and Southern Africa, New Zealand, Mauritius, few other countries, it will be on Saturday. So now that is the law. Now the Umrah season is open. I'm telling you, Wallahi, I have Quran Sharif here in front of me, that according to all four schools, the Shafi'is, the Malikis, the Hanbalis, the Hanafis, all of them say it is haram for you to go for Umrah on your own. You must remember, you don't have your mahram, your father, your brother, your son, and so forth. Or you don't have a husband. You say, no, the Saudi government allowed it. Who is the current Saudi government? Who is the current Saudi government? I'm asking you. The current Saudi government is MBS. Ah, he is the facto leader. He is the same person guilty of the murder of Jamal Khashoggi. They dismembered his body. And till today, nobody knows where the remains of his body is. They made kurbani of his body. That is the same person who martyred and murdered thousands of people, children, innocent children in the land of Yemen, where Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made dua, Allahumma barikana fi shamina, Ya Allah grant us barakah in the land of Sham. Sham in English means the Levant, L-E-V-A-N-T, refers to Syria, Palestine, Jordan, Lebanon. All this you put together, that is Sham, that is Levant, the Hadith in Bukhari Sharif. Allahumma barik lana fi yamanina. So he made dua the master, Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, for the people of Yemen and the country Yemen. Then they, some people suggested, wa fi najdina, ya Rasulullah, O Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, make dua for the people of Najd. Najd is makanun murtafi, the high place, and that is your Riyadh and those areas there. So remember that what happens, we see Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam refused to make dua for them and said, Hunaka al fitan was Zalazil. Hunaka Zalazil was fitan. That day there will be earthquakes, earth tremors, and many, many big, big fitnas will emanate and trials and tribulations. Do you get the drift now? Mm. Do you have the understanding now? So remember the man who opens bikini beaches there in Jeddah, the person who builds and establishes cinemas there in Medina Munawwara, the person who wants to whitewash the world and fool them that they don't have human rights. You see, United Nations have said that in the Neom, so Neom is right there where the Tabuk is and Madaina Saleh is and so forth. He wants to make that the playground for the Arabs and the Muslims, the wealthy, stinking people, so that the more and more people can go there and have fun and games, according to him. So they have now said, United Nations, that here there was exploitation of the workers. And you must remember this exploitation of workers for the past 70 years, you must remember, in Saudi Arabia. From the time oil came, this exploitation and so forth and so on. So we must know what we've been there with Allah's help and mercy several times and visited most parts of the country. So we know what is really happening. So now they want to change the law. Is his father's law? Is his grandfather's law? All this year, Imam Abu Hanifa and all the scholars say it's haram for a lady to travel without a mahram or without a husband. Instead of getting reward, you're rewarded you would be cursed by Almighty Allah for going for Umrah without a mahram. As far as the agents go, what they worry? As long as they're selling tickets, they're selling accommodation, making money out of you. One agent in the past, I remember, he used to tell the women, what you worrying? I'm your, I'm your mahram. I'm your mahram. So you see, he say, kam ka, you must remember chacha. Kam ka, dada. Kam ka, nana. You see that he became all the woman's mahram, making a mockery of Islam and so forth. So for all you ladies from all countries, remember it's absolutely haram for you to go without your husband 
without your mahram. And MBS is a murtad bin shaitan. He is the one who's destroying Islam from within, putting police women, putting guards there, and letting the women drive the, the trains, letting the women be at the airport, and then changing Islam, modernizing it, so that the West must know that this is new Saudi Arabia, but where is the human rights? And where is the Afahukmal Jahiliyati Yabhun? These are all Jahiliya laws of ignorance. Ayabta Huna in the Isa. Is he seeking honor and power there by Israel and America and the West? Allah is disgracing him daily. So, for innal Lillahi Jamia. Honor, power is vested solely, only, exclusively with all Allah. So Ustad, the, the, the sister in Hawik says, say if she goes alone, will the Umrah be accepted, Ustad? If I steal a knife and then I slaughter the goat, the sheep, the chicken, or what have you, so will the chicken be halal? Yes, it will be halal. Mm. But it's a major sin for stealing the knife. Will you get will your umrah be valid? Yes, your umrah will be valid. Will you get reward? No, you won't get reward. And <laughs> to get reward, you cannot get reward through haram actions and so forth and so on. But remember, you come back cursed because you're going from Johannesburg to Jeddah and then to Makkah, El Medina, and all that alone. You're coming back alone. So women who do this are cursed by all Allah and cursed by Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So there's no good in going. Rather you cancel or either you get a mahram or you get married and you go with your husband. Who said that there's an anonymous from Johannesburg asking that uh, are we allowed to associate with family members who have left the fold of Islam by marrying a non-Muslim. I'm talking about my son, Anonymous Ustad. Remember that Almighty Allah Jalla Wala taught us incidents in the Noble Quran. Nabi Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam, his son, Nabi Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam said, Dad, what about my son, Ya Allah? Allah Jalla Wala said, Innahu laysa min ahlik. He's no more your son. He's no more your family. Because he says he is going to believe in kufr and he thinks the mountain will help him. Sa'awi ila jabali ya'asimuni min alma. When the rain, the floods, the deluge came, while she was speaking, wahala baina wal one big wave came. I'm sitting here by the ocean and a magnificent, beautiful, wonderful day today here in Durban. Fakana min al-Muhraqeen. So Nabi Musa, Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salatu salam, his father, when he invited him, his father said, no, I am going to do what I want to do. فَلَمَّا تَبَيَّنَ لَهُ أَنَّهُ عَدُوهُ لِلَّهِ تَبَرَّعَ مِنْ He severed all ties with his father and said, I got nothing to do with you because now you made up your mind. So Nuh alayhi salatu salam dispatched to Jahannam and the hellfire. Ibrahim alayhi salatu salam's father, Azar, dispatched to Jahannam and the hellfire. Your son has become a murtad. The punishment for a murtad, he was born a Muslim. He fell in love with a Christian lady, Hindu lady, whatever. He married her and said it's permissible. He denounced Islam in a hadith in Bukhari Sharif. Habibuna Rasulullah sallallahu When a person becomes a murtad, an apostate, he denounces Islam, then you must give him the capital punishment. You must put him in front and shoot him to death. That is what Islam teaches us. So the hadith and this ichma and consensus on that when it is your son. So what you have to do, you can't take the rule and the law in your own hands. So you must ostracize him, excommunicate him, tell him, get out, you know, my son, I have seven ties with you. Alhamdulillah, walbughzulillah, we love for Allah's sake and we hate for all my Allah's sake. Yes, when you come back into the fold of Islam and you practice Islam, then only will we associate with you. For you, the parents, the siblings, the family, to associate with him and call him to your house for dawah and meals and walima and all absolutely haram and not permissible. Zero eight four seven eight six three one three two.
uh, international overseas listeners plus two seven eight four seven eight six three one three two. Somebody says here, Ustad, that um, uh, Mufti AK, I married in community of property and getting a divorce in court for the sake of getting out of community of property marriage. So telling the court that we are divorced to prevent taxes Islamically, does this court, uh, does this count as a real divorce, Ustad, anonymous? Remember here, my sister, my brother, there are two separate issues and you confusing it. Your nikah was performed 15, 20 years ago, for example, in the masjid. The imam, the maulana, the sheikh performed it. So that is your nikah. So your nikah is 100% valid. There's nothing wrong with your nikah. But because of ignorance or because of some other reason, uh, your husband and you went and then you registered your marriage, that is community of property. Now, what is the problem with community of property? The problem is this, your Islamic will will not be valid. Number two is this, that the shares that are given are... 50% are given to the surviving spouse and only the second 50% are divided and distributed to the heirs. And in that, again, the surviving spouse will inherit, remember that. So obviously all that is haram and not permissible. So you go to the court or whatever you and tell them that you, the wife, have divorced your husband and whatever. So that will nullify your civil marriage but will have no impact, you must remember, on your nikah. Your nikah is totally valid, and then you then make a new nikah, a new civil marriage, and that you make A and C. A and C, nothing to do with the government. You know, anything the government touches, it becomes sand. You know, they give them gold, they'll turn it into dust. They are masters in doing that. So we're not speaking about the government and A and C. We are speaking about anti-nuptial contract excluding without the accrual system, A-C-C-R-U-A-L, without the accrual, and that is how you must register then the second time, and then your civil marriage is good, and then you draw up your Islamic world, and nobody can then have problems and contest it and so forth. So that are the ramifications and consequences if you remain with COP, community of property, so don't worry, sister, brother, your nikah is totally valid and it won't impact on it in any way. Mm. Somebody wants to know, Ustad, it says here that, uh, Mufti Saab, what are the rights of wife in Islam if the husband intends on taking a second wife, Ustad, anonymous? First and foremost, tell him, does he know the conditions to take a second wife? Say Allah Ta'ala says in the Noble Quran, Surah 4, Surah Nisa, the women, and verse number three, فَإِنَ خِفْتُمْ أَلَّا تَعْدِلُوا فَوَاحِدًا If you fear you can't do justice, then one wife only. Old is gold. So do you have the financial means? And if the second wife give birth, do you have the means for her children? Do you have the means for separate houses to, to run two homes? To run one home now will cost you 20, 30, 40,000 if you got three, four children and so forth. There's money, mum, today. So remember that things are very, very expensive. And remember that will you be able to fulfill the conjugal relationship or both? And can you do justice one night, one night, one week, one week, whatever the agreement? So my brother, my advice first to you is this, that you must remember for you it's a bad idea. You can't look after one wife properly, you can't look after your children properly, and now that woman you want to marry is maybe after your mal. And that is your wealth, your assets. She says that you drive very smart cars and you go overseas three, four times a year and you are impressed by her Jamal. What a beauty. She wore contact lenses, green grease, but you thought it is real eyes, you see. And you so when you get married to her, you say, hey, you got brown eyes. Hey, what happened to the green eyes? You know, I was wearing contact lenses, you see. Then the makeup they make, you know, you can't make up. Let them remove the makeup, then you see the true colors. So my brother, if you want my advice, then just forget it, bad idea. <laughs> if she gets married, your husband to the second wife, then you must make all conditions with him. Tell him that if you are not going to do justice and if you are going to do this, you're going to do, you know, that favor her and all these type of things, 
then you will have the right of talaq, tafwish talaq. So if he's treating you badly or he's doing funny, funny things, then you will exercise your right to give yourself a divorce and you make that agreement and so forth and so on. Habibuna, this is very good, this question came. Allah just put in my mind, in my heart now. Oh, you Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah, wake up from your slumber and wake up, remember, from your sleep and so forth and so on. Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhu arda, Fatiha Khaybar. It was on the 13th of Muharram, in the 7th year of the Hijrah, when the Muslims defeated the Jutlas there in Khaybar, 150 kilometers away from Medina Munawwara. Over 90 Jutlas were dispatched straight to Jahannam. And Muslims were martyrs were 16. And you see, it was a great, magnificent, spectacular victory. So that happened. Now we see that Sayyidina Ali radiallahu ta'ala and is married to Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha. Mm-hmm. So then he expressed his desire. He wants to marry Jamila. Who is Jamila? A bin to Abi Jahalin, the daughter of Abu Jahal. Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha was very, very hurt and upset. And Nabi sallallahu was informed. Habibuna sallallahu alayhi wa was also upset. La yajtam, la tajtami ubintu nabiyillah, ubintu aduwillah. It cannot happen. That the daughter of a Nabi, Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and the daughter of the enemy of Allah, she was Muslim, and Abu Jahl, non-Muslim, dispatched to Jahannam. So they can't be combined by one person, by you, said Ali, at one time. So that they made the free talaq, and that is how we get the rules from there. After the demise of Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha, six months, she passed away in Ramadan, the third of Ramadan, in the eleventh year of the Hijrah, or the eleventh year, uh, six months after the Master sallallahu alayhi sallam, then he married. If you study the Kuffar Shia's books, Mas'udi, Yaqubi, their history, they say Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anha married more than 20 times, you know, different, different women and so forth, after the demise of Sayyida Fatima radiallahu anha. And then what was his son's names? One son's name, Muhammad. One son, hey, Kuffar Shia's. Then the one son's name, Abu Bakr. Then the other son's name, Umar. Then the other son's name, Usman. And today you want to come and tell us that Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, Sayyidina Umar Farooq, Sayyidina Usman, are not Muslim. Sayyidina Ali, named his own children, his own sons, after the Nami Nami, Ismaqrami, honorable names of Abu Bakr, Umar, Usman, whom. And then when the Battle of Karbala took place on the year 61, Ashura, Friday, then to Muharram, and then the same sons of Sayyidina Ali, some of them participated in it, and they were martyred in it. How come we only hear about Sayyidina Hussein? We don't hear about Usman. We don't hear about Umar and all of them. The sons of Sayyidina Ali, the grandsons of Sayyidina Ali, and the family of Sayyidina Ali, and they part of the Ahlul Bayt. But the Sunni world themselves don't know these things there. So therefore, you need to wake up and understand these issues. For you, brother, very bad idea. So just forget it. And you, wife, you put all the checks and balances and tell him that you want to get married, go ahead. But all this money I brought, all these shares I have, I want it all on my name now before you get married. Otherwise, Khan Ek Prokhir too. You know what is Khan Ek Prokhir too? Otherwise, I will see you by the lawyers. Then see what will happen to him. His huzu will break and he won't get married, inshallah. So, Ustad, uh, I would like to remain anonymous. Uh, if a lady leaves her marriage and child, phoned her husband and told she's leaving, going to work after being at home for 15 years, says she wants freedom, sister was in Parda, has a job in, a, in, in another city, has since returned after two weeks. Please advise Ustad. So, remember that first and foremost for that lady who was 15 years at home, she was leading a peaceful life, and she was in parda and hijab and so forth. 
But the whole time she was watching TV, she was playing with the phone, and now instead of her influencing people to the right, she got influenced by the Satan, by Shaitan and Lucifer. Istahwada alayhimu shaitan. For ansahum zikrullah, when the Shaitan gains ascendancy on you, and he has the upper hand on you, then he makes you forget the laws of Almighty Allah. And then what happens to that person? Allah forbid, Allah protect us. Then they join the party of Satan and Lucifer. Allah, And whoever joins the party of Satan and Lucifer, remember that they're going to hell and so forth. Almighty Allah has mentioned this in Surah Mujadala, chapter number 58 and verse number 19. Chapter 58, verse 19, 1-9. So you, sister, now without the permission of your husband, behind his back you got the job. You are in Durban, you got a job in Port Shepstone, and now you're driving your way there, and now you said, I want freedom, freedom. That is what you were seeing on your TV and so forth. So you went away, you left your husband, you left your child, and then you went there and you had to wear the clothes and attire. They told you maybe a mini skirt or maybe no trouser, no scarf, obviously, and so forth and so on. And then when you saw what snakes they are, that they want to take you to bed, they want to harass you, they want to do this, you saw what the real world is, that outwardly you saw a snake on top is very smooth. But when it spits on you and stings you, then you realize the poison. So this is the Western decadence, satanic culture, remember that. That now they got the film playing Bobby, Bobby. Our Muslim woman, Muslim men wearing pink, like mm-hmm. bailas, like they look like homos, you know, <laughs> and so forth and so on. I don't say all, but many of them, mm-hmm. the messages are coming to me and so forth. So now what they promoting there, they promoting the LGBT agenda and so forth and so on. So you see politically, the patriotic alliance, they're sitting there in Israel. So all these Kapati parties, the DA, the Patriotic Alliance, and that other one, the church one, you must remember, ACDP, all aligned with Israel and so forth. So these are the people we must wake up and stay far away from them. Similarly here also, that they want to fool you. Maybe now you got a taste of what the real world is, so now you came. So you better ask your husband, Marv, and remember if you considered your action halal, and you said that Islam is a big problem for you, and you don't like Islam, and you hate Islam, and you love the freedom, then you're out of the fold of Islam, then you have to repeat your kalima, you have to repeat your nikah, and then make sincere tawbah, and make shukar Allah Ta'ala is giving us another chance. So that is our response. So you better be very careful on this, these type of issues. Mm. Allahu Akbar. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Musa, just one more question before we go for our interval. It says here, Mufti Sahib, can Mufti please advise a man passed away uh, and um, a man passed away and left two wives, four sons, three daughters, and his mother, according to Sharia law of inheritance. How do the shares get split from his estate, Ustad? Okay, it's straightforward. Number one is when a Muslim person passes away, first is burial funeral expenses from the estate. If anybody wants to pay for a family, friend, or son, or whatever, so it's permissible, and you must expedite all that payment. Number two, all his debts must be paid. Personal debts, corporate debts, business debts must be paid to the creditors immediately. Not after 40 days and 100 days and all that. Mustafa Rasulullah said, Nafsul mu'mini mu'allakatun biduyunihi hatta tukza anhu. That person never enters Jannah and Paradise until his or her debts and accounts and all that are paid. Authentic hadith in Mustafa Ahmad. And remember, so whether the, the creditor is Muslim or non-Muslim, you ensure you pay them. And third one is wasiyah. 
that is you bequeat verbally or in writing for non heirs to a person or to organization, even a non-Muslim, but not church and casino and temple and synagogue, all that haram, obviously. So remember, then it will be permissible, maximum amount, one-third from the net estate. Now let's go step by step. ABC husband passed away. So now he left two wives. So they get 12.5%. How they get 12.5%? Six and quarter, six and quarter, they will share. So you wives, you don't fight, fight and all. So your people share is 12.5% divided by two because you're two wives. So six and quarter, six and quarter. So now we're left with 87.5%. So that 87.5%, they are four sons and two daughters. Is that correct, Molana? Four sons and two daughters. Four sons and three daughters, Ustad. Right. Four sons and three daughters. And there's a mother also there. Isn't it so? Ustad. Yeah. So meaning that he's got two wives, so they will get, you must remember, 12.5%, six and quarter, six and quarter. And the biological mother is also alive of the deceased. So then that biological mother will receive one six. So that is just under 17%. So you take that and you take the 12.5% and so forth, we're looking at 29, just less than 30%. So that 70%, 71%, that is now the residue, the remainder, and you got four sons and you got three daughters so you make 11 shares of that and when you make 11 shares of that so each son from the residue will get double the amount two, 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 two so that's eight shares and then the three daughters they will receive one, one, one each and theirs will come from the 70, 71% so that is how you wind up the estate it's straightforward but just make sure that you'll behave like proper adults and not skopskit and donor and start fighting and all and sit down and then you, the sons, daughters, your mother, your grandmother is alive, your dadima is alive, so your father's mother take her to us and so forth and don't crook her her share, give her her full share and so forth and in that way there you wind up the estate, all of you. All of you, by heart, this verse, Surah 14, Surah Ibrahim, verse 41, Rabbana filli wali wali daya walil mu'minina yawma yaqumul hisab. Daily read this dua, daily read Surah Yasin and Quran Sharif, daily give out charity after you pay the debts of your marhum, this deceased father. Inshallah, you will see him in a dream also and he's happy and he's smiling because my children did what Islam is teaching them. Rabbana filli, oh beloved Allah, forgive me. Wali walidiya and my beloved parents, walil mu'minina and the believers, yawma yaqumul hisab, the day the reckoning is established, we also make dua. Every day we make dua for the whole ummah. Allah jalla wa grant each one of them. Jannatul firtaus al-a'la who passed away with iman and Islam. 16 uh, minutes uh, to 12. We go for our interval. When we come back, we will continue, inshallah, with the bliss of marriage. Stay tuned. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahle Sunnah wal Jamaah. Marcus Sahaba, the voice of Ahle Sunnah wal Jamaah. Well, it's uh, 15 minutes uh, to 12. You are tuning in, listening to the bliss of marriage on this beautiful Wednesday morning. Uh, remember, our WhatsApp number is 084-786-3132. International overseas listeners, plus 2784-786-3132. Uh, Ustad, the listener says that a murtada is still living for over 14 years with her Christian husband. She has two daughters from him. <clears throat> when her Muslim family member asked her, are you a Muslim? Immediately she said, yes. But her brother said, she's lying. Do the family believe her? How to be with her? She's not practicing Islam, Ustad. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. In a case like this, where she says that she's Muslim, but she's living with a non-Muslim, she considers that to be permissible. Her children are also non-Muslim, according to what it looks like. 
So the Zahir, the Zahir means the prima facie evidence is against her. So therefore the ruling will be she is murtada and out of the fold of Islam. And you must, and then she's not even practicing anything about Islam according to the question. So therefore everything is pointing against her. And therefore you, the family, have to totally boycott her. And when a lady becomes a murtad, we call her murtadda, then the verdict is according to Shafi, is Malikis, Hanbalis, the death penalty, the same hadith in Bukhari Sharif, man baddala deenahu faqtulu, and in time of Mustafa, Habibuna, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the hadith of Ummah Marwan mentioned, remember, in Dara Qutni, that there will be the death penalty for females also, and that is our fatwa on that issue. The Hanafi ulama says, you must remember that in a case like that she will be imprisoned hatta tamut or tatub that is till she dies a natural death or till she repents and so forth so minimum minimum what is required from you the family you must totally excommunicate her and you must ostracize her and totally have nothing to do with her we love for Allah's sake and we hate for Allah's sake (laughs) Ustad you have to listen to this uh, message that came in Ustad are you there Ustad I'm listening clearly. GG. It says, Salam Mufti Sab, I'm an agent. I just received a few calls from sisters cancelling the Umrah trip because you, Mufti Iki, passed the fatwa saying ladies not allowed to travel alone. I mean, these are Arabs. They're not crazy just to say women can travel alone. These Arabs are learned. A lot of agents are disappointed in Mufti's fatwa. Please take your statement back. We can sit and talk about this. Anonymous agents. And we can send you an email. Ustad. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. We're not interested to negotiate and talk and all these things. I told you a hundred times and thousand times. Our duty, our function is to teach the people through Islam and not to curry favor with any person, any organization, any government or any politician. There is ijma and consensus on that. For a woman to go for Umrah alone, without a husband, without a mahram, absolutely haram and so forth. Which Arabs are you talking about? Abu Jahal? Abu Lahab? Abu Talib? So they all were Arabs. They all dispatched to to Jahannam and the hellfire according to the Quran and according to the Sunnah. Go open Surah 111, Abu Lahab. He was the kaka, he was the chacha, he was the am, he was the paternal uncle, pastor, brood. I gave you in five, six languages there, and dispatched to Jahannam. So which Arabs are we really talking about? Since when is being an Arab a dalil and evidence in Islam? Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Waylul lil Arab, woe to the Arabs, remember that. And why can't the muftis and the sheikhs, they speak? Don't you know what's happening? The Imam of the Haram, Sheikh Salih Ali Talib, who came to South Africa in 2010, and he was the guest of Dalum Newcastle. I translated his talks with the help and mercy of Almighty Allah. He told the people in a Jummah sermon, Friday sermon, you people, men, women, go and go and frequent the cinemas, and it does not behove you. What did MBS Murtad bin Shaitan do? He put him away for 10 years. You're telling me about that. So remember that people are now fearing for their lives and so forth and so on. You, the agents, just want to make money. You want to subvert Islam and teach the people the wrong things. So remember, if you fear Allah, then you will tell the woman, I will never book your ticket. And when you don't have a mahram and you don't have a husband, don't ask AK. AK is going to tell you the truth. Whether you like it or you lump it, and I don't care which agent you are. That is my function, and that is our duty. We're not scholars for dollars like you guys there who sell the deen, who can't even say Shias are non-Muslims, who can't even they understand, say, and speak the truth, close the mosque, and go to church, and go to court, and so forth, to so close the mosque, who join the lesbians, and so forth. So we're not like that. We're going to speak the truth, brother, whether you like it or you lump it. Don't send me no emails and waste my time. Allahu Akbar, subhanallah. Somebody says, Ustad, but uh, things are very expensive, Mufti Sab. What happens if the boy don't earn more than 10,000 rand? How can he get married? Especially if he don't want the wife to go out to work. Anonymous Ustad. 
when a person has taqwa and a person has iman, what the Quran Sharif says? Quran Sharif says Surah 65, Surah Talaq, and verses 2 and 3. وَمَنْ يَتَّقِ اللَّهِ Whosoever has true taqwa and piety, then Allah will make a way out for him. يَجْأَلَّهُ مَخْرَجًا Allah will make a way out. وَيَرْزُقُهُ مِنْ حَيْثُ لَا يَحْتَسِبُ Allah will give him so much risk where he never ever anticipated and expected. Surah 65, chapter 65, verses 2 and 3. So we need to be very clear on that issue there. Second one is Quran Sharif states, go open Surah Nur, chapter 24, that if you are poor, Almighty Allah will give you and enrich you out of His grace and out of His mercy and so forth. Abdullah the Mas'ud radiallahu ta'ala anhu ardah. Remember, he was one of the great muftis of the Sahaba. He used to say, Iltamisul ghina sindikah. That get married, you must remember, and Allah will give you richness. Why you look far? I, I give you my example. I got married. You must remember with Allah's help. And now, yesterday, one brother there, he told me after the bayan, they in Phoenix, you know, in Spine Road. So I told them now when we finish the bayan, everybody's spine must be straight, like, mustn't be crooked, you see. So we must walk on the straight path. We mustn't worry about people, right? So anyway, he told me, he said, you know, Mufti, my wife is your murid. I say, but Baji, he's an old man. I only got one murid. Yes, and he asked who? I told him my wife, one man, one vote, you know, so this type of thing there. So anyway, so yeah, I tell you my story. 1981, January. So I went, and Mohakasim Sema Rahimamullah, he was the Bani, the founder, the principal, till his death and demise in 2007 of Dalum Newcastle, the first Dalum in the history of South Africa. And he told me that Saturday before I went there, that you must now come here, come alone, because there's great shortage of houses and homes in Newcastle. So cut long story short, he told me you'll have to do A, B, C, all that. I walked away, tell the door, he said, Nene, we should speak Urdu the whole 20 years I was in Newcastle. So he said, Nene, I'll be there to come back here. So he said, that me Bulgia. I know more, I said, I was a little politician also. Maybe he was waiting for me to ask, you know, how much you're going to pay me. Hmm. To me, it doesn't bother, you understand. A lie my witness. So remember that my wages when we started January 81 in Darulum was 300 rand. How much? 300 rand. Not one day I went to Mosema or the trustees and told them, no, it's not right. So we used to live a simple life and everything and as to save 50 rand and still you must remember that. Today you see now how Allah Ta'ala bless us. So we hear, we there and what and what and what, all Allah. So the problem today is your son-in-law, your Jamai, you want he must earn 50,000 because your daughter has so many desires and greed and so forth. I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this, I need this. But if you did the proper training of your daughter and told her, Betty, that go and Allah will give you so much barakah and so forth as Allah has promised in the Quran, وَلَوْ أَنَّ أَهْلَ الْقُرَاءَ مَنُوا وَاتَّقَوْ لَفَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ بَرَكَاتِهِمْ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ And the people on the land and sand, on these countries and cities, if they adopt through Iman, through Taqwa, we will open the doors of Barakah and blessing. You won't have to go and beg people and ask them anything. They will come to you and give you without you asking. لَفَتَحْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ بَرَكَاتٍ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ From the heavens and the skies and from the land, Allah will give you. But we as parents, we got too many desires and expectations that how can I get married there and stay there with that person? There's no microwave there. There is no fridge there. There is no freezer there. When I stayed in Karachi with my wife, we had no freezer. We had no fridge. We had no stove. We had no bed. We had no cupboard. We used to sleep on the floor on a mattress. 
and so forth and so on. So therefore, I always tell her, I can, my wife, I can never forget your sacrifices. So you start a life like that, and Allah will give you bighayri hisab. Remember that. But today, we, the parents, will more panchat than the daughters. Panke hi kape, and panke hu kape, and panke we. We are speaking mammon there. We must have this, we must have this, we must have this. That's where all the problems come. So you must remember that. So you rather give your daughter to a rich guy who doesn't read five daily salat, who's aqidah and believe he may be upside down, than to a poor guy, poor guy meaning his wages is 10,000 or less, but he's a pakka Muslim. So who are we giving? When I used to teach in Dalum, Newcastle, I used to tell the Cape Town students, that most of you, you're going to put yourself up on auction. When you go, how much are you going to pay me? 5000 How much are you going to pay me? 8000 How much are you going to pay me? 10000 You will take the one that's 10000 and then they will treat you like a slave. Do this, do this, do this. I say, If you don't do that, then we'll cut your wages. Why you don't just start with the 4000 5000 where you know you can make proper khidmat of deen? See today, Allah Ta'ala opening everything for us. It's Allah's mercy. It's not we. It's not piety. It's nothing. Hada min fadli rabbi. That is my message to you parents and to you, my babies, my beloved daughters. Mm. Well, just one more question before we go for our 12 o'clock news. We've got about two minutes to 12. Uh, there's a TT from uh, Port Elizabeth. She says, I hate my husband with a passion, Mufti, but I can't get him to give me a divorce. He smokes all day. And he refuses to work. I became the breadwinner in the house. On says Dirk Mufti Kanala Ustad. So very easy. You got all the big big muftis there in Port Elizabeth. Go to Hazrat Maulana Mufti Ahmad Sadiq Desai and that is of the Majlis. There you just send him an email and tell him this is there. Tell him Hazrat Maulana we want the Fasakh annulment of marriage. Mufti Shiraz Desai is there. Go to him and tell him that this is the problem. You'll have a meeting with your husband and so forth and so on. So why you must go through all our so many ulama are there and so forth. So go to them and solve it out there. Why must you stay with such a person who's a parasite? He's sitting there of say you understand he's sitting there on his you must remember laurels and thinking of Hadi and so forth and so on. So therefore, then leave him and you make your fasakh annulment of marriage. So inshallah, Mu'ana Arafat will announce the programs to come now. Inshallah, we will be tonight, inshallah, inshallah, al-Aziz, they in Kuwaitul Islam, in Valam, where Mu'ana Abid, Mu'ana Wahid are, and 7.15 is Salatul Isha. And so 7.35, 7.40, the proceedings will start. Inshallah, inshallah, al-Aziz, it will be live on Radio Al-Ansar, on Sirius FM. And Barka Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah. Barakallahu feek. Salaamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaykum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Marcus Sahaba Online Radio. Empowering the Ummah. <laughs>